Zubida's world. It's just like your world, except when it's not. And like it's hardly ever. Like, I mean, it's... Uh, no, I mean, it's frequently not. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, when it's digging in your mouth, the key is the rotation left to right and the matter of how you And my down. tongue rotation. Exactly. It's my tongue rotation. That's the key. It's all about the tongue rotation. What are you doing with That's your right. hand while it's sticks in your mouth? Are you playing with his balls? Are no. you massaging your face? Sometimes you? some guys are sensitive when it comes to that. Because my lover seems to appreciate when I'm touching his balls. Mm -hmm. Never ignore the balls. So you can play with I do. I kiss them. I lick them. I suck them. I touch them. Like the bottom of the penis or the bottom of the balls? Bottom of the penis. I do both. And then you can always, I do both. You can always play with the balls and, and rub the taint below the balls. Right. I do hit the taint. I do hit the taint. I know that's a special spot. Guess what, listeners? This is season five, Cinco to season, oh, season five, episode one. See, you weren't expecting that whole, like, last time it was season four, and bam, we're in season five. I mean, I'm fucking with you, because typically we start a new season after I've, like, totally ignored my podcast for a few weeks or months, and then, you know, but... And I did take that break in season four, the mid-season break, just a few episodes ago. And I probably really, based on past, like, precedents, should have ended the season right then and there. But it was only, like, four episodes in. And I felt like a... It just didn't feel right making a season that short. I mean, you know, there's only so much you want to be like AMC or HBO. And sometimes you just got to draw the line. And so I continued on with season four, and then here I am all of a sudden, and bam, making a normal transition like there was no time, hardly whatsoever. So yeah, it is season five, episode one, South Bend Tavern, a special place, much like The Taint. See, now isn't that such a great title? That may actually go down in the history of Zubida's World as one of the best episode titles ever, ever, ever. Yeah. And where is South Bend Tavern? It's in Columbus, Ohio. How did I come to be at South Bend Tavern? Well, I have a friend who lives like a half a block away and was like, OMG, you've got to see this place. Like you would love it. And I went and I did love it. And like, it's a wild and wackadoo place. I mean, so like, 90%, 85%, 90% of the patrons are dudes, but gay dudes, gay dudes. And like the most amazing gay men, you'll like of all like ages, like mostly on the older side. Um, but still, man, what an interesting group of people and super friendly and super nice and like hilarious. And you just really never fucking know what you're going to get. And like what I got just a day ago last night, which was Friday night, now it's Saturday night, was a conversation and it turned about sex. It doesn't have actually, I think like 98% of all the conversations in this tavern are about sex, but there are occasionally ones that are not. But I, uh, I don't know how or why, but it turned and I was just like, look, you know, 
you guys, like, you've got the equipment. Like, I feel like, you know, you go to the experts for things. You, need, you got a legal problem. You go to a lawyer. You know, you do whatever. And you want to know how to suck dick better? Like, you talk to gay men. No, it's not that I don't suck dick good. Because I fucking suck dick good. But, you know, it's all about continual improvement, man. And you take advantage of, you know, meeting people and they have specialties. And, you know, so that was Andre, who is super duper duper awesome. Like, I can't wait to, like, talk to him again because he was hilarious and kind and uh, just a barrel of laughs. Um, yeah, yeah. And him and his friend Kenny. And then, and I forget, and I apologize, the guy who was talking about the taint, I forget his name. Um, and shame on me. He was the first prize winner of the night. I don't, that doesn't mean anything. They had a drawing. Um, fuck, where am I going with this? The whole point of it is, is that that little clip right there was like, if you were like walking in my shoes and shit, you would be at this weird, like, tavern on a Friday night in Columbus, Ohio, that's near Germantown. I don't know that it's in Germantown. And with a lot of gay men and where they're doing like an amateur stand up portion of the evening. And, uh, yeah, I get to perform there. Um, I did for my third time. I mean, one more, I did two sets last night and then later in the evening they have a drag show and like some of these people there are amazing, amazing, amazing. I actually like fucking interviewed one of the people there that performed. Um, let's meet Stella. I love Stella. First look at Stella. She's fucking glorious. Like, I want to be her so bad. I don't know how to describe her dress, so I'm going to let her. But she's got several. She's got, like, a long pearl necklace and, like, another necklace. And there's this cool scarf thing and the glasses. And it's very Audrey Hepburn. The, the lipstick shade is a little pink for Audrey. But it is still kind of a very dark. It's glorious, frankly. Like, I, I, I kind of I'm going to be catty. I kind of want to rip your eyes, scratch your eyes out right That's now. why I wear sunglasses, because... Quite frankly, I'm nearsighted, and I also have allergies, so it's hard for me to wear false eyelashes and those things. Oh, so yeah. We have to improvise, and that's why. So you've got glasses on under those sunglasses. I'm just now looking and paying attention. Oh, my goodness. So early in the interview, and we're unveiling the Stella under the Stella. You know, I am not anything if not honest, and my father always said, you can't blackmail a bragger. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have liked you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. He was five foot eight of trouble. Um, wow. Wouldn't you want to be described as five foot eight of trouble or were five, five foot eight full of trouble or whatever, uh, whatever uh, Stella said? I mean, that would be cool. Actually, I would just like to be described as five foot eight. I spent my whole life thinking I was five five. And then, like, a year ago, two years ago, like, I, I, I stood up, somebody had some measuring thing in their house, and I did whatever, and I learned the tragic truth that I'm actually 5'4 and 3 quarters. I mean, oh my God, I thought I was at least 5'5, five five, but no. And I never actually, like, thought of myself as short. Like, I honestly, at that, even knowing I was 5'5 five five or thinking I was 5'5, five five, I never thought, like, I'm a short person. Like, I knew there were taller people, but I never identified as a short person. No way, no how. And yet, somehow, like, upon learning that I was 5'4 and 3 quarters, like, all of a sudden, height mattered. And I don't know where that came from. This is an interesting, weird sidebar. Um, where are we going with this?
This is Legends Night, girl. I, what the fuck is going on? Like The only thing better than tonight will be October, because I'm doing Yoko Ono as my musical number. Shut and I don't up. think anyone in the history of the world has done Yoko Ono drag. I don't, I've looked on YouTube, and I can't find it. I kind of want to memorialize that. I'm coming back in October. It's the 20th, right? Yes. So I'm going to be here. Yes. I'm going to fucking memorialize that. Because, I mean, Yoko is the queen. Now, see, I'm not sold that Yoko Ono is the queen. I was brought up in a Beatles household. My mother was a big Beatles devotee. I, lo- I love the music. Um, she touched Ringo, for Christ's sake. I think that makes me like, I don't know, like 12th in line from the British throne or something like that. But I don't know. Yoko the Queen, Let's. I think actually we should call Zubida's mom. We should call my mom and see what my mom thinks about that. Let's see. Hello. Yes. All right. So here's where, here's why I'm calling. On Friday night, one of the people that was there was this, uh, this very glamorous drag queen named Stella. Uh And she's pretty excited because in October, she is going to um, do Yoko Ono in drag. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she's really excited because she's done internet research, and she thinks she's the first person on the history of the planet to ever do a Yoko Ono performance. Uh, oh that no one's God. ever done it before. <laughs> because Yoko is the queen. That was her quote. Stella's quote is, Yoko is the queen. And... I doubted whether Yoko was a queen because I, I grew up in a Beatles household, like, you know, and yeah. shit. And, and so it occurred to me that I needed to call you and get your opinion on Yoko Ono. I think Yoko Ono was a problem. I mean, how? Why? Well, I, I think that she traded on, on, on... John and she used him big time to uh, make herself more important, and I think she had a very detrimental effect upon him and his work. Well, and it's funny because I just listened to a clip on YouTube, and it was a, and it was just it, it was a recording session in their Twickenham studio, and. In this clip, it's actually, they weren't rehearsing yet. They were talking, and so you hear some of them talking. You hear John and some others, and they're wondering what to do because George is sick, and is he going to show up for the show, and da-da-da-da. What are they going to do if George doesn't show up? And in the background, you start hearing Yoko go, John, 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 and she's just yelling his name. And he and she, he keeps going, what? And she's just like, John, John. And it's almost like she hates that he's even, like, paying attention to the other members. She's just doing shit, well, so... She was a, she was a very uh, demanding... Hold on a second. God only knows what Mom is doing. We're waiting. We're waiting. Yes. And I 
like I said, I think she had a, a very great, bad influence on John and pretty much isolated him and alienated him from the rest of the group. I'm not going to necessarily disagree with that. I mean, really and truly. I think it was she greatly resented anything that didn't involve her. And in her mind, uh, they they diminished her or maybe her importance or whatever you want to say. Is Julian a child of Yoko and John? Um, I don't think so. Who is Julian's mother? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they had any children. Oh, okay. Because I had heard I some things that, that say... Resent, like I said, she resented any attention, any time, anything that didn't revolve around her. And she thought that she should be the most important thing always. So I think, like I said, I think she had a great deal to do with the whole thing and, and you know, his work and everything else because she, you know, she had to truly be the queen bee. Yeah. And well, if it wasn't involving her, then it shouldn't be. So what you're telling me is Stella was wrong. Yoko is not the queen. Yoko thought she was the queen bee. She thought she should be the queen bee. <laughs> but she was, in fact, not. I don't think she was. I, I Like I say, I think I think she's basically the reason the group broke up when they did. See? Really. Hear it from the horse's mouth. <laughs> I really do. I I think it became, it became, she became so obsessed with, with, Everything happened to be with her, and she had to okay everything. And you know that that uh, you know he couldn't basically uh, wasn't supposed to do anything, be anything without her okay. And I think that he, I I don't I I don't mean this. The way, completely the way it sounds, but it's almost like there at the end, she almost had him brainwashed that she was the be-all and end-all. Interesting. If you know what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying. I, I think that she had just gotten to the point where, where in her mind, uh, you know, uh, she she was the kingmaker, so to speak. Incredible. So, now she's the worst thing that ever happened to them. Am I crazy? Or would it be awesome to have, like, my mom and Stella in the same room chatting with each other? If just on this topic. Um, my mom's kind of a crotchety, 70, almost 71-year-old woman. Um yeah, very set in her way. I, I, I wish I could make that happen. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I can. But but anyway, let's go back to Stella because she's glorious and fascinating. Absolutely. I think that's a good idea.
Here comes the queen. You got to talk me through this one. I'm not buying in right away. Well, because she is the queen. She is the archetypal woman. Because, quite she frankly... She broke up the Beatles. She did not. Oh, she did. That Come was on. Paul. Hello. What? He got in that car accident and they were done. Please. Let's let's dial back the Sir Paul. We're letter. mixing. Yeah. We are mixing metaphors here. <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, Yoko Ono is the archetype of a woman because, as John Lennon used to say, "Woman is the N word of the world." And I won't say that word because it is not appropriate oh. in 2017. Yeah. But in the 70s, it was very, you know, cathartic and confrontational. But well, and really, at that point, I mean, let's look at the 70s. I mean, that's the failed Equal Rights Amendment and the kind of... We and the make way, her paint her face and dance. Yeah, and the way I women mean, are trying to hello. really stand their ground is to burn their bras and not shave their pits or their legs. And, and in many ways, kind of be more manly, you know, physically. Right, right. I mean, to do that stuff. Or, you know, and, you, and you've got iconic... Well, that's you know, where Helen the bald just grew out of the flannel. I am woman, grew out of the flannel. Helen Reddy came out with her goddamn hairy armpits singing I am woman here that's right goddamn lumberjack boots <laughs> yeah and see here's the funny thing is, is so I'm a straight woman but I've always thought like if I were a lesbian I think I'd be a lipstick lesbian like I'd want like if I were into girls I'd want them to be like pretty girls well like, I've always considered I'd want my... them to be like all done up and shit and... I've always considered myself a green transsexual Please, I don't know what that means. Well, that means, you know, I'm a big old girl, but, you know, I have a beard most of the time, and, uh, you know, I don't want to cut anything off. It's just too much trouble. I mean, I don't even cut the mole off my back. I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to cut off something that feels good, yeah. but, you know, I'm a big old girl. I, I like being a girl. I like, I love, and I'm going to tell you what, if I were reborn, I would want to be uh, someone who was of the Muslim face, because I love wearing a hijab. Just because it's pretty. Just because it's pretty. See, there's no better reason. I love that. Like, that's so inspiring to me. Like, I want to make more decisions on things just because it's pretty. I mean, there are worse reasons to decide to do things, frankly. Um, I dig it, man. I love Stella. And I hope you love Stella, too. Because she's, like, fucking amazing. Um, really amazing. And so, one, she did two sets and one and um, there was a song she and, and she danced to it and lip sync and then the other set she actually did stand up and she was fucking amazing like far better than I was at stand up there were some pretty awesome people there um actually it's a surprise to me that they keep asking me to come back um but I do it, and it's fun and I'll be back there in October so if any of you should find yourself in Columbus Ohio you can go on October 20th, you can go to the South Bend Tavern, and you're going to see Stella doing Yoko Ono, and you're going to see me doing stand-up, and maybe like this time I'll do a little preparation for it, because um, i got to admit, I didn't really prep this time um, for it at all. Isn't that terrible? Like, you want to hear what my prep was? Like, let, let's hear what my prep was. So I'm standing on the patio the drink in my hand, the snack in my hand, at the South Bend Tavern. That's all one word. It's not like South Bend, Indiana. Spelled the same, only missing a space in between. It's S-O-U-T-H-B-E-N-D. South Bend. Run all together tavern in Germantown in Columbus, Ohio. This weird, sketchy gay bar. 
that's pretty hilarious. And it's a long and involved story that I may tell you at some point, I may not. But uh, I've now done stand-up twice here, and they I'm not terrible. Either that or their standards are really fucking low. So I've been asked back. So tonight is night number three. And in a little less than an hour, I'm going to go on stage. And they're going to want me to say shit that will make people laugh um, for like 10 or 15 minutes. And, yeah, I don't know what to say. So I thought maybe talking to you... I can think about it. What I find is that when all else fails, like go to the internet. So I literally Googled funny things to make, funny things to talk about and ran across. So I have this article now. It's on uh, HuffPost. 101 fun and interesting questions to perk up boring gatherings. So we're going to hope to maybe find some inspiration here. Let's kind of... Tell me the three best things about you. Seriously, if I actually walked up to somebody at a fucking party and said, So, Bob, tell me the three best things about you. Like, they would look at me like, Are you fucking high? Or well, what's your, what the, like, you're creeping me out. Get the hell out of here. I'm going to go stand on the other side of the room. On a scale of one to ten, how strict were your parents? Uh, Okay, like I've been in conversations where like, yeah, my dad whipped my ass a lot. Did yours? Yeah. I mean, it kind of comes up in context, but I never just out of the blue like, I'd like you to rank your parents 1 to 10 and use it on strict. And I, well, who doesn't even fucking know what's strict? I, I, these are fucking terrible topics. Like, why would this liven up a boring gathering? These questions make, a, you know what? They don't make a boring gathering, but they make a fucking weird gathering. Like, you know... How would you describe me to your friends? Okay, well, A, could the conversation be more about me? And, well, I mean, it kind of always is, so that part's right. But what I'm saying is, is, like, what the fucking way to put some people on the spot and shit? Like, where are they going to go? You're fat, uh, you're in my face, and, you know, go away. What, what am I supposed to say to that? That's only two things? Go away doesn't count as a third thing about me? Come on. If you can live in any TV home, what would it be? What the fuck? I, I, seriously. The person who wrote this article has no fucking friends whatsoever. Um, although this may be my shtick up on stage. i got to think about this one. Maybe have another drink. Bye. Um, for the record, that's not what I talked about on stage, actually. I thought of a couple things, and one was a clean story, and one was a dirty story, and I asked the audience, like, which would you rather hear? And they were all like, dirty, um, you know, and is that really a surprise? Like, let's go to a clip of Andre, like, randomly talking, and it won't be a surprise. Check this out. When I was at Swingers Club, yes, which I do enjoy going to. All right. I've never been. Well, right, let me tell you about yeah. a swingers club. Oh, my God. Dick is everywhere. Dick, pussy, titties. There you go. You've heard it direct from the horse's mouth. Dick, pussies, and titties are everywhere. So, you know, in case you were wondering what swingers clubs were like, or the uh, South Bend Tavern. I mean, not that there are dick, pussies, and titties everywhere out and about. I mean, that just, you know, just a flavor of man of what it's like to hang out there. Like, what a sweet and cool place, man. Um, you got to check it out. It's it, it's a special place, and I love it a lot. Um, and I love the people that are there. 
Um, and I hope actually that you too, too. If nothing else, I hope you walk away with this. Even if you never go to the South Bend Tavern in Columbus, Ohio, I hope you go, man, that's a cool place there. And like, I, I want you to tell people like, I heard about this place called the South Bend Tavern and it's sweet because it is, you know, what's sweet too. this podcast, me, Stella, Andre, and you listeners, you're sweet too, man. I couldn't do this if, like, at least one person wasn't listening. Like, I don't need thousands of listeners. I want thousands of listeners. But, frankly, if, like, only two people were listening, I'd still fucking do this podcast. Because um, it brings me joy. Thank you. Zubita's world. I want to make uh, time right now to give some special thanks. Uh, special thanks to Bill and Val, um, who own the South Bend Tavern, and Connie, uh, who gives amazing bar service there. I don't know if she's a part owner or just always there, but she rocks. To Al, who runs the stand-up comedy portion once a month, and is so kind and gracious and really just so supportive of me and always nice to ask me back. Special thanks to Andre and a lot of the guys around the bar who talked to me and to Gloria Stella who allowed me to interview her. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you again to the listeners. I love you. Kisses.